Hello, stranger. Welcome to the Lineup Podcast. If you're a fan of mystery, you've come to the right place. With each episode, we unearth a strange case from around the world. In today's episode, we head to Florida with true crime writer Fred Rosen. While investigating the murder of sideshow performer Grady Styles, aka Lobster Boy, Rosen receives a videotape that changes the course of the trial forever, but not without a threat to his own life. I'd been on vacation at Walt Disney World in Florida when I read in the newspaper that there had been a mistrial in the Lobster Boy case. Well, I didn't know what the heck that meant. Didn't know what that was about. I thought it was a joke. Well, I read about it. It turned out a woman was on trial for killing her husband. There had been some problems with testimony during the initial trial. Judge had declared a mistrial. There was going to be a retrial. So I called my editor, I told him about the case, and I just thought it was a joke. He said, that's your next book, Fred. Well, shortly after that, I got a videotape in the mail from Arnie Levine, the attorney for Teresa Stiles. She was the woman who had been on trial originally for killing her husband, Grady Stiles Jr., the famous carnival attraction known as Lobster Boy. Grady had a birth deformity, that gave him hands that looked like lobster claws and stunted legs and feet. Teresa's defense that she was going to use at the second trial was battered wife syndrome. It was one of the rare times in American jurisprudence battered wife syndrome was going to be used in the case of a contract killing. That gets back to the tape. Now copies of it were sent to all the media. I got a copy because I was writing a book on the case, and the tape itself showed Grady wrestling with little Grady, his teenage son. In the background on the soundtrack, I heard the family kibitzing. No big deal, just a father roughhousing with his son. So why had Levine sent this tape out to everybody? I wanted to understand why. I wanted to know what was happening in this family that led to this murder. So I began to speak to Teresa a lot by phone. It was collect calls. She was in jail because she hadn't made parole. Later, when I got to Florida to interview everybody involved in the case, I got off the plane. It was night. I got into a rented car and I drove out of the airport. Suddenly, at a light, I looked over, and there in the car next to me was Dracula with blood dripping down his face. I was surprised, and then I realized it was Halloween. Well, the next day, without Dracula, I drove to Gibsonton, where the Stiles family lived. They lived in a trailer, and this is where 
most of the Carney people winter. They winter in these trailers on the west coast of Florida in Gibsonton, which is south of Tampa. At the Stiles trailer, I met little Grady and his sister, Kathy Stiles. Kathy was already an unindicted co-conspirator in her dad's murder. She and little Grady both carried the gene that gave them the lobster syndrome, which is also called ectodactyly. Inside the trailer where their father was murdered and I was looking at the armchair where he'd been shot, there was blood all over it. Well, these two spoke about dysfunctional family matters, how their father had beaten their mother and beaten them, and this is what led Teresa Stiles to decide she wanted to kill her husband. Then another man who was present during the interviews, Harry Glenn Newman. He was a dwarf whose stage name was Midget Man. He told me about a murder that Grady had committed in Pittsburgh years earlier. Well, that was a surprise, and I looked at Midget Man. I said, "You're you got you're you're on oxygen." He was he had an oxygen uh, tube under his nose, and I said to him, "I said." But you're smoking a Marlboro. Don't you think it's a bad idea to have an open flame around oxygen? He laughed and said, "Oh yeah, you're right." But he encouraged me to go to Pittsburgh to investigate this murder that、uh, Grady had allegedly committed. So I got on a train to Pittsburgh, and a homicide captain there not only gave me the files on the case in question. He let me sit in on his squad's considerations of whether to charge a man they were then currently investigating with murder. It had turned out that Harry Glenn Newman was right. Midget Man was right. Grady had killed his other daughter's fiance. Well, that made me realize what a grave responsibility not only homicide detectives have. But reporters who are working on murder cases, you gotta get to the best obtainable version of the truth. So I went back to Florida, and I attended the trial of the hitman in the case, 17-year-old stoner Chris Wyant. Teresa had paid her stepson Harry Glenn Newman Jr. That's right, the son of Midget Man. Teresa had divorced Grady, married Midget Man, divorced him, and then went back to Grady. Well, Teresa had paid to kill Grady, her husband. She'd given the money to Harry Glenn Newman Jr., her son. He gave it to Stoner Chris Wyant. He snuck into the trailer and killed Grady with three shots to the back of the head. Well, finally, Teresa came to trial. One day during defense testimony, her attorney Arnie Levine played the videotape without sound. Without sound, Grady looked like he was abusing his son during the wrestling match. All the copies Levine had sent to the media were silent. For some inexplicable reason, they didn't wipe the sound on mind. So at the end of court that day. I told Prosecutor Ron Haynes I had a copy of the tape with sound. Haynes asked me to send for it. I'd left it back home, 
in upstate New York, where I was living at the time because I was separated from my wife. Haynes said it was evidence in a murder trial. Walking to the parking structure to get my car, I got to thinking. As I pressed the elevator's up button, I wondered, why had they taken the sound off the tape? Well, I was trained as a filmmaker at the University of Southern California's legendary film school. First thing we were taught was that any film without sound has a different meaning than it does with it. And so, presented silently in court by the defense, the tape was meant to show Grady abusing his son. When he wasn't, they were just kidding. Because I knew, with the sound, you could hear Mary, Teresa Stiles, and Kathy Stiles kidding around in the background. So I sent for my copy of the tape. When I got it, I gave it to Haynes. And just like that, I was part of a murder trial. It was then introduced as evidence, and the tape eventually led to Teresa's conviction and Kathy Stiles publicly threatening my life. What's it like to have your life threatened? Last year, Kathy and I appeared separately in a segment of Investigation Discovery's Evil Kin about the case. I sure as heck made sure they taped us in different states. After the trial was over, I went back to my wife. I made the mistake, just like Teresa did, of staying married for too many years. But I wasn't going to do something illegal. I just walked the other way. Fred Rosen is a former columnist for the New York Times and the award-winning author of numerous true crime and history books, including Did They Really Do It?, Deacon of Death, Flesh Collectors, and Lobster Boy. He can frequently be seen on the Investigation Discovery Network, where he's a regular on-air commentator. The Lineup Podcast is written and produced by the Lineup staff and myself, Matthew Thompson. Special thanks to Fred Rosen and our partners in crime at Open Road Media. Our audio producer is Chai Dingari. Background music is by Audioblocks. And our theme music is by Absofacto absofacto.com. For more information on the stories we present, visit our website, thelineup.com. That's the-line-up.com, where murder and mayhem is delivered daily. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter as well, which brings you five mysteries to your inbox twice a week. This is Matthew, and that does it for me in 2015. Until next year, keep it weird. Weird.